And now, sifting through the static with your host, Justin Brenner. Today, I'm uh, going to speak, be speaking with Jeremy, and I'm pretty excited. Um, known Jeremy a while. I think you've been in the group for quite a while. And today, we're going to go over um, primarily meta ads, but then uh, one piece of his presentation that I thought was really, really cool that we kind of <coughs> title around was just seven aspects that successful successful and scalable e-com businesses have in common. So on that note, Jeremy, I know you uh, made a presentation, so I'll go ahead and let you share your screen, give an introduction, and then we'll kind of yeah. dive in and chit-chat. Cool. Thanks, Justin. Yeah, I appreciate you having me. And, and I just want to piggyback on what Justin was saying. These Those small group things, I've, I've been to one, and honestly, <clears throat> the amount of value that's getting tossed around in those groups is equivalent to what I've seen uh, get tossed around in five and ten thousand dollar masterminds. So if you're if you're not going to those and your business isn't having the success that you're wanting, um, you're missing out big time. I highly recommend you guys sign up. It's it's huge value and there's some really high level stuff uh, and actual items going on now, in there. I, I will say this on that note. Hmm. There's a lot of people that have been on the calls. You know that I was surprised. I personally was surprised with what I saw. Like just big gaping holes of like, wow, you guys didn't think of this. And part of it becomes you're so close to what you're marketing and you're advertising that you can't yeah. see. You're too yeah. attached to the product. And it was like, wow, I, you know, I, I was thinking in my head, like, wow, I thought that guy was, you know, but I'm sure if somebody came in and out of my stuff, it would be the same way um, because they would get too comfortable. We're not pushing hard enough, that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, yep. that was very, very surprising to me. So definitely yeah. take advantage of it. Absolutely, man. Cool. Well, I uh, was actually organized here and I uh, put together a presentation to try to get as much value across as possible to to everyone in the group. I think there's going to be something for <clears throat> beginners all the way to the super advanced. So I'm going to share my screen and, and start up um, this the PowerPoint. Uh, Justin, you can confirm that you can see my screen. Yeah, good to go. Okay. Yeah, just shout out if anyone has questions, feel free to stop me, clarify anything, add in your input. Um, I know you're you're uh, an expert in this realm yourself, and so um, my goal here is to provide as much value as possible. And seven aspects of successful, scalable ecom businesses have in common. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to tell you a little bit about more who I am. But uh, one of my gigs is the lead media buyer for uh, an ecom scaling agency. We scale businesses from uh, seven to nine figures and um, group them into uh, to get higher valuations, and we sell them. So um, I'm going to go ahead and move forward. Um, so first of all, who I am, some of you in the group know me, some of you don't, but I want to tell you a little bit about who I am and some of my creds real, I'm going to move through this pretty quick and excuse my voice. I've been fighting off a, a little bit of a cold the last five, six days. Um, <clears throat> but I am a father, family man, musician in Colorado native, father and family man. First, there is uh, my partner, Tiffany and, and my 10 year old son, freedom, um, and me and my Facebook shirt from many years ago, actually. Um, I'm a 13-year digital marketing veteran. Ten of those years have been on Facebook ads, uh, specifically. Uh, I think Justin, you and I have this in common. I started off in SEO and, and mm -hmm. video SEO and got really good at that, and then found Facebook was all in. Mm -hmm. um, about $20 million direct Facebook ad spend management. Um, that's in addition to teams I've managed, but that's what I've done myself with e-com as especially. I've also done lead gen and live events, still do. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm currently the lead media buyer for an e-com scaling agency. I've spoken on multiple stages across the U.S. I'm a consultant to other Facebook ad agencies. They fly me in and I look through their ad accounts and uh, teach their employees how to better serve those clients and get better results. 
Um, I have a really good relationship with Facebook or Meta itself. I'm just going to call it Facebook because I'm old school. Um, I've been an alpha and beta tester for a lot of their programs, been to, to private roundtables with their top people, member there at SMB Council 2016, founding member of the Boost with Leaders Network, and a recent SMB Ads Ecosystem Committee member. Um, in fact, one of their top five VPs uh, recommended me to his own brother to help him with his e-commerce business and this like the VP of product. He's actually now the VP of uh, biz messaging. Um, scale a lot of businesses from scratch to seven figures. As I mentioned, I'm now scaling businesses seven to nine. Um, recently was a keynote speaker for Meta's SMB Performance Summit, <clears throat> which is a lot of the content I'm going to cover here. Um, I co-host an event with Facebook and I actually add, rans, add rans for, ads for them after I noticed errors in their ads and, and them not getting very good results themselves. Um, uh, been featured in lots of publications. I actually uh, lobbied Congress and the government and regulators out in uh, DC in 2018 for the rights of SMB users to use Facebook. We have a lot of old codgers in Congress that have no idea what Facebook even is, trying to regulate it. So uh, went out there and stood on our behalf. So uh, a few more of my. What's two, that? Two, I have two questions. One. Yeah. If you were if your profile got shut down today, could you call somebody and get it back right away? Give those kinds of connections. Uh. I could message the the VP of of product at Facebook and um you went in my role and act. Yeah, I um I oh I have to put a gate around that just because I get a lot of the requests, but uh, oh I'm uh, sure I, you do. Yeah, I, I I know I know the the SM the head of SMB North America as well, and she she pushes things through for me. I but. had to um I had a page, no funny story, but I had a page that was banned. <laughs> I don't even know why they banned it, but they reviewed it. it. Was on that last big ban wave, and they reviewed it and they denied the appeal. So, like, I actually went and found the head of compliance on Twitter, and I messaged yep. him, and he he took care of it and got it on a ban, which I was surprised he even responded. And I think at the time he did because this was before Mister Ding Dong came on and changed all of the verifications. But I have a blue check mark on Instagram, so I think mm -hmm. that gave a little bit of clout that he was like, "Oh, this guy's verified. Like, nice. Must be legit." So, yeah. I got yeah, it back smart. and I had, I had another issue like happened a week later and I sent him a message and he blew me off. So. <laughs> <laughs> all right. He knew you were going to message him all the time. Yeah. I, uh, <clears throat> another little tip for just everyone out there. You can do that. You can go to LinkedIn and try to hit up Facebook employees and, mm -hmm. and direct messages. Also, there's a group I'm part of. It's fairly high level for a Facebook sponsored group. It's, it's called the, the meta Adver advertiser growth forum. And they've got a escalated level of support. It's it's not like what I can do through some of my other connections, but I had a, a client business manager go down and they got it back up within like 24 hours for me. So what's the name of the group? Meta um, Advertiser Growth Forum, I believe. I'd have to verify that, but yeah, something like that. It's just really weird. Like I'm even in a group uh, where it's for um, power admins of big groups and it's ran by Facebook and I'm in that group and... It's just really weird because not everybody has it. Like I'm in that group. And for example, I don't have an at everyone tag. I realized that on our mastermind call, but like people that have a group of 500 people have it and can tag everyone. So it's just, there's like no consistency with anything at Facebook, as you know. Yeah. So yeah, they're a big organization. Mm -hmm. um, cool. So let's uh, move on. I, I, I've launched products. Uh, I've appeared live on Facebook's uh, business page, which is probably the most nervous I've ever been to speak just because 
there was like a following of 12 million people and obviously not every single follower was on there but my perception was i was like oh shit i'm gonna have like a million people watching me and yeah. made it through and then I, I i spoke for them on international women's day and that picture is me uh uh, Facebook headquarters. The first time I went out in 2016, I met Sheryl Sandberg, and there I, <clears throat> is the time I met Zuckerberg himself. If you look right in the middle of the picture, the tall dude next to him is Zuckerberg. Next to next to Zuckerberg is me. Um, he was a he seemed like a, a really good guy. I mean, he was uh, um, really committed to social cause. He um, spoke in front of the small group. He had little nervous idiosyncrasies like the rest of us. Um, just kind of a regular person, obviously with a few more billion dollars in his pocket than us, but um, definitely seemed like a real person, not a reptilian or alien. Like he does look like claim he, it. he does look different in there. When you see me, it looks like he stands out that he's just like this robot or something. I don't know why. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, people were really drawn to his energy. Everyone was trying to crowd him. But uh, the only thing, funny story, the only thing that, and no dogging on him in a, at all. Anyway, the thing that kind of surprised me is. I was one of two people that shook his hand in the room and I, immediately I was like, photo op, I went right to him. And he actually came right to me while I shook his hand. And he, he did not have a real firm handshake, which was surprising to my expectations of what I would consider a billionaire, like a deca billionaire like Zuckerberg to have. But anyway, it was a good experience. Um, there's me with another goat right there down in Miami about a year ago with Tim. Great mastermind, had a great time partying and, and uh, learning learning from Tim. Um, <clears throat> little my story, just... Uh, there's so many people in this group and sometimes we don't know the individual stories of each person. So I want to share a little bit about me so I can relate to you as a human being. I started off in landscape horticulture. There's a plan I drew, um, had a landscape design, build maintenance business with my family. Actually graduated from landscape horticulture in 99 from Colorado State University. Um, took me seven years to get a bachelor's because the first three years I was open option and, and drinking beer and meeting women. Uh, but my dad started the landscape business. I already knew how to speak Spanish. So I said, what the hell? I'm going to go into landscaping. Got really good at it. If I had more time, I'd show you pictures of the landscapes we did, but don't have time. But I was working 80, 100 hours a week. And I was super stressed. I was super unhealthy. I was um, taking anxiety meds to face the day, doses that would probably kill me now, uh, drinking heavily, taking pills, chewing, smoking, 10 Red Bulls a day, coffee, like literally at the end of my rope, mentally, physically, and spiritually. And um, I was on a landscape bid one day, um, I think it was 2009-ish, 10-ish, and, and uh, he, the guy asked me, what are your passions? I didn't remember. I looked over at Long Speak here in Colorado. I'm like, I don't, I don't know. Like, I truly didn't remember. And that day, I kind of had a right brain shift. I said, you know what? I'm going to get back to being happy and successful. And no matter what I do, um, I got really excessive about personal development, studied marketing day and night. I, I get to the point where I was, was draining my life savings to learn marketing, get out of the, and change realms actually started by um, in network marketing. And then I started providing leads to network marketers in a program called MLSP. <clears throat> but there was there was times I I would be making a pot of coffee at 11 at night, um, work until two. My fiance at the time would pull me off my computer to sleep for three, four hours, get back up. I had to, I had no choice. Um, found the right mentor. Some of you might know the, my Facebook mentor, Kurt Molly. Um, he has the belt method, um, super genius dude. Um, he's still still in the business, but um, I was really excited about this new venture. But I it was nerve wracking. My my soon to to be wife, who brought two kids to our relationship, and we'd already had freedom at the time, was a a newborn or close to newborn. She was dumping out change out of a deep rock change container so we could go get groceries. And I remember we got eighty two dollars. Uh, went to King Super's change, and it came back out to the car. He's like, "Hey, we got eighty two dollars." I saw a homeless guy 
over by the carts in front of the King Supers, which is kind of rare in Fort Collins, Colorado. And um, I went and gave him some money for groceries, gave him 20 bucks. And she's like, no, don't give him five. We need it for us. I was like, no, nope, Universal provide. Anyway, I did. I uh, started a meetup group. I think two or three people came to my first meetup, just provided value on FDO and Facebook marketing. Ended up growing that meetup group to like 400 people. Uh, but I closed my first $1,000 a month client. Things were looking up. <clears throat> then the worst thing probably that's ever happened to me happened to me. I um, got a call from my dad on New Year's Day, 2013. So you better get over your son. Your brother's committed suicide. Um, hearing my mom wailing in the background, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I've drained my life savings. I've got a family of five to support. Um, I have no no money, but I, I had faith. Um, kept moving forward. I actually even used Facebook ads to raise $5,000 for suicide awareness. I took a train across the nation from Colorado to D.C., walked overnight in a 16, 17-mile walk. Um, actually used Facebook ads to target people that had suicide uh, awareness interests. Um, and I actually saved a life. A woman reached out and said, I, I saw your video on your brother, and I was going to kill myself, and I didn't. So it was... Uh, just kept turning things into a positive challenges changed. My dad passed away a year and a half later, end of marriage, end of 2015, not telling you this to ask for pity. What I'm telling you, this is no matter where you're at in business or life right now, no matter how challenging it is, if, if you uh, persevere, um, you're going to make it through, keep your focus on where you want to go, turn everything into a positive, keep going. So to lighten things up a little bit after that story, uh, some some fun facts about me. Got my black belt in karate at age 12. I'm a Tabasco fanatic, Spanish speaker. I got to sing mass in St. Peter's Basilica, which is the Pope's church in Rome, uh, on a choir tour there. I get up every day or at least all weekdays um, to meditate, practice guitar and hit the gym. My 10-year-old son, Freedom, now goes with me every day before school at 5.30 on his own accord, which makes me super proud. Um, I had some courage to post a picture here. Is this uh, my senior photo or vanilla ice? You decide. <laughs> yeah, I think that was probably my goal at the time. Um, I got to meet this. <laughs> I got to meet the surviving uh, members of the Doors in 2004. That's where they were. I had uh, spent $500, which was a lot of money to me at the time, on a backstage pass, front row seat. And that's Ian Asbury, the Colt, um, who was lead singer for the time. Um, as you can see up here. Um, if you can see my picture, which you probably can at the time when you, when we go back to full screen, um, I got the first and last studio album by the door signed by Ray Manzrig, Robbie Krieger and Ian Asbury, the Colt who signed the back right corner. Jim lives with a peace sign, which I thought was really respectful and cool season tickets to the Broncos for, for 13 years. There's me and my late brother that I just mentioned, uh, one of many Bronco games that we were lucky to survive that period. We got an old Ford van and, um, cruised down to every single Broncos game, 60 miles to Denver. Uh, with a keg in the back and a couch in the back and um, good times. I have an old family silver mine cabin up on Independence Pass above Aspen, Colorado. Uh, picture that coming shortly. Um, I spread my dad's and brother's ashes up there. Really cool spot up, up close to 13,000 feet. Uh, went skydiving for my 40th birthday. I'll probably never do that again, but I can say I did it. Um, there's the old family mine picture. Uh, the Karen stones of my dad's over High Mountain Lake, dad's and brothers. And then Favorite place I ever visited was Nyaka Falls in Costa Rica. I took that picture as I came out of the jungle into the falls. So let's get into the content enough about me, uh, more about you. And um, here are the seven aspects of a successful scalable e-com business have in common. This is from um, my own clients over the years. And this is also from my current, uh, one of my current gigs as lead media buyer. We've uh, now purchased, I think, over 25 companies actively scaling quite a few of those. And so over time, I kind of like, what is the commonalities in the ones that do well versus the ones that don't? 
Um, and here they are. There we go. Um, they have a subscription model, reoccurring automatic revenue. You get a buyer <clears throat> month one, and you have money coming in after every month after without having to buy that buyer again. Well, here's Uncom a question for you on that. And we went over this. Quite yeah. a bit. Marty Marion is probably not watching this, but he's a big component mm. on yeah. this. And I would have probably, I was a complete opposite until I, I heard his points and it make, made complete sense. Is most people think, hey, hit them with the subscription on the product page. I don't know if we went over this when it was on your call or not. We might have, but you might know where I'm going with this. But a lot of people, and Marty's take on this, who I think is a marketing genius from a buyer, buyer psychology standpoint, is a lot of these companies with recharge or whatever, you go to the product page and you have, you know, subscribe and you get a discount trying to get people to subscribe, right? But a majority of that traffic, if you're doing ads, is 70, 80% new. Why would somebody want to subscribe to your product when they haven't even tried your product, nor know if they even like it or not? So Marty's big thing was to lessen confusion because sometimes with some of those brands, when you get like multiple check marks, and especially for supplements, and you have sizes where you can subscribe to three bottles or two bottles or whatever it is, there's a lot of determinant in terms of completion towards path to purchase. So his whole philosophy was to move away from that of having it on the product page and moving it into more of an email flow of where after they purchase once or his thing was twice, you send them an email and you say, hey, yeah. you're a key customer. You know, we're going to let you have a subscription as a privilege so you don't need to worry about coming back and buying and, you know, yeah. 15% off. What is your thoughts on that? Because... I feel like yeah. that's the first time I ever heard that ever, probably three weeks ago. I was the complete opposite of what every other marketer that I know does. Yeah, I, I would tend to be on the other side of that. I And I think that was the call that I was on I was. Uh, with, with Marty. Um, yeah, it's interesting. I, um, I've actually been doing more and seeing more of the opposite, like, um, we just vetted a brand to potentially purchase. We, we ended up not purchasing us, purchasing it, but it was, um, a jewelry brand that, um, had kind of an eco-friendly aspect, an affirmation aspect, but you actually got in there like at a nine ninety nine a month to be a VIP and actually access the products. Right. Um, which is very, was a very, I was surprisingly, so we're actually switching some of our other brands over to that model, but. Yeah, I think that makes sense. You get someone in, they test your product. Um, Ten dollars subscription is different, you know, than like say like a seventy or sixty. You know, obviously. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. I think it goes back to the the number two here, which is the 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 uh, actually it's three or four, but um, low low entry price um, product. So yeah, I, I think it's interesting. I think that makes sense what Marty says, and I think it's definitely something to be tested versus the other way around and, and see what. In the end, which I'll go into more in this presentation, is like it's all about buying uh, profitable, lifetime value customers. That, that's what it all boils down to. And people spend so much time on ROAS and and daily ROAS and KPIs and all, all this stuff. And it's it's really all about how many people can you buy as a profitable lifetime value customer, and and how can you increase the stick rate yep. uh, and, and sell them more product, which you know. Uh, so yeah, number two is uncompetitive niche and avid tribe and a large potential reach. Um, our commonalities I've seen: exceptional creative, 
um, especially video and UGC and exceptional creative development as well. Um, on, a, this day. on the average tribe piece, sorry, I interrupt because I'm rude. Yeah. Um, on the average avid tribe piece, <clears throat> you mean like loyalty program and building a community around that or? I'm just really passionate about the niche they're in. Like it wouldn't fit on competitive niche, but like I, I marketed for a couple um, baseball brands, like baseball gloves and uh, actually three baseball brands, like a, a thing you put on your thumb to be able to hit farther. Like baseball fans are very avid, but if it fits into this model, like uncompetitive niche, like uh, one of the, the best brands we're scaling right now is, is a um, jewelry brand. That's kind of for women 18 to 25 or 18 to 30. They're very independent thinkers, almost gothish tattoos, like, and um, they're a very avid tribe of really wanting to be seen and really wanting to be independent and things like that. So um, looking for that avid tribe around the products revolving around their belief systems and core right. desires. Um, yeah. So exceptional creative and creative development, um, the low entry price uh, product, like almost all brands we've been able to successfully scale. Um, oh, another one on, on number two is um, like goat milk, goat milk soap. Uh, organic gold milk soap did really well like people that like organic and it also followed number four low price entry product um mm -hmm. obviously you got to get aov up but you get people in they're like oh shit it's only five dollars i'll buy this and then all of a sudden they're buying more because as you know the dopamine and endorphins are flowing as soon as they swipe that card and uh, you sell them more while they're in that buy state uh, number five is superior fulfillment customer service inventory management like uh, the rest can't work unless you have that um and then the ability to optimize revenue. That's a lot of times as an age scaling agency, we come in and we can look at things and optimize AOV and LTV right away, um, turn a business that's kind of struggling into a profitable business and scale it. And also conversion rate. Um, optimizing that conversion rate is going to do huge things for you. Talk about that more in a bit. Uh, and then capital, capital for inventory and capital for ad scaling. Uh, run into a lot of situations with clients where they've, I get them to do a scaling point, but they don't have, uh, inventory. Um, they don't have um, their their ad capital for scaling. So they need to think about bringing, that's what we do as an ad, ad uh, uh, e-commerce scaling agency. We bring investors to help pay operational costs and scaling costs, and they get a great return, a guaranteed return, and um, then it can also benefit from the sale. So any, uh, any questions? Um, I don't know if we have a lot live or if you have anything, just jump uh, in if you do. No, I've been cool. interrupting abruptly. Cool. <laughs> all good, man. Um, so what's working best overall now? I, I could share a lot of things, but because of time constraints, I'm going to kind of um, show the cream of the crop. Um, wide open target. I don't think I don't think I ever thought I would say this, but wide open targeting is really getting to be what you need to be shooting for. Literally age, gender and location targeting. I've actually been doing this since about 2014. Uh, back when I started doing my first super high ad spends, like $20,000 per day per product, um, it was something I just tested thinking that if, Hey, if we had a seasoned pixel, we could probably do this. It's been working. It's working more than ever now though, is the thing. Um, you want to let the algorithm AI and the machine learning do its thing. You don't want to control it. Um, CPMs are lowest on, on, uh, uh, wide open targeting. You don't want to pay premiums for looking like an interest that fatigue and then run out of reach. Um, your ads will create their own learning and target different avatars. 
Um, it's scalable. It can run for years. I've literally got wide open targeting with with uh, post ID ads that are super dialed in that have run for running for three or four years now with clients. Like literally never run out. You said something uh, there. If I don't probably, if anybody listens to it and they know me, they're like, "Why didn't you say something?" You said season a pixel. Are you a believer in seasoning a pixel? Um. Yes I and no. And here's because um, a lot of like I can't remember her name. Oh, she does TikTok. We, I can't remember her name, but we kicked her out of ad leaks. But mm, neither here nor there. But she was a big component of pixel seasoning, seasoning pixel, and any of like I don't know, like Tim Bird says the same thing that I do. But essentially, is pixel is just a script, right? It's a piece of code, and all of that is like is a highway of information from from your site to the ad account and all of your learnings are stored in the ad account. Your pixel doesn't actually hold learnings, but it's, it could be the seasoning for the ad account, I guess, if you want to say that, but I don't know your thoughts on that, but that, that stood out to me with what you had said. Yeah, I would be aligned with you on that. I guess seasoning pixel is more of a term of just uh, more seasoning or, or warming up the machine, letting, letting Facebook, Right. As as designed for machine learning, do its thing. So um, now as far as seasoning that, I mean, I'll talk about this a little more, but sometimes I'll still run a like a one, two, three percent lookalike just to kind of get that machine learning going to give the algorithm an idea, just especially mm-hmm. in a little bit lower budgets. But I mean, the goal here is always wide open age, right. gender, location. Um, but you want to really start looking at Facebook as a way to buy profitable LTV customers. Um and, the, and be the main driver of an omni-channel approach. You want to look at your blended MER and, and you don't obsess over daily platform CPAs and ROAS. It's, mm. It makes us look good as marketers, and, and um, but it's just ego. Like really, yeah. you want to look at what can Facebook drive directly and what can Facebook drive on other platforms. Um, so that that's crucial. Increase your LTV and, and your second purchase rate. You'll run a solid, long-term, healthy business. Um, it'll be much easier to run too than trying to constantly fight and duplicate lookalikes and interests and, and chase those CPAs. Um, I'm also a big believer in left retargeting these days. Like I don't run a lot of retargeting anymore. I let the prospecting campaigns campaigns handle the retargeting for those that are opposed to that fine. But if you don't think the prospecting campaigns do that, then look at your frequency. If it's over one, your prospecting campaigns are doing retargeting for you. Um, and the nice thing is that if you don't exclude things, like it actually can help that learning process. Like you Correct. can, the algorithm knows who a buyer is. I was just going to uh, make that comment. We actually had that question had come up in one of our mastermind calls, but there's obviously a, a certain amount of data that Facebook needs at the ad set level, ad set campaign and account level to be able to optimize. But primarily in this scenario, it would be an ad set level. So when you actually don't exclude and keep your bottom of funnel separate from your middle of funnel and your middle of funnel separate from your top funnel, you're actually getting more purchase frequency and velocity in those ad sets, which yeah. then can help things trigger better machine AI learning in a lot of cases. Um, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, very true. I don't even often exclude purchasers anymore. Even even like thirty day purchases, I I leave them in because the way I look at it, like if you're running a good brand and you're following those seven principles I just shared, like you got a superior product and, and customer service, like um, you want your ads to hit those people because they're going to load that post with social proof and say, Hey, this was a great product. Uh, so you want that type of thing. 
Um, okay. So I want to share, I know sometimes as marketers, it's hard to be like, what do I run? Like what's, what's the sequence sequence of like a bring on a new client or I start a new brand. Like what do I actually run as far as campaigns? And this is what I've kind of whittled down to over the years. Um, and I'll go through these and I'll go through each one briefly. I didn't, because of time constraints, I didn't show screenshots. I'm going to assume that most people watch watching this as a basic understanding of Facebook ads. And, and if not, it's you can go to the vault or you can kind of search through the group to find answers to actual how to do some of the stuff. So um, number one is uh, PPP, PPE, post-page engagement campaign. Uh, number two is video views campaign. Number three is dynamic creative conversion campaign. Four, post ID conversions. Five, dynamic product ad or catalog sales conversion campaign. So post-page engagement, this is something I, I don't see a lot of people do um, but it's actually really important, not for the reasons that Facebook says it's important. I mean, they're just trying to get you to spend ad spend, say whatever, 5% of budget on post-page engagement. That's just kind of for them to make money, but there is actual benefits to this. So you want to create an engagement objective, select conversion location on your ad, and then engagement type post-engagement. Um, I run four ad sets. You can also run, because you want to run Facebook and Instagram separately. Um, this kind of depends on if, if your brand already has a lot of organic content on your page or not, I'm assuming it does have a decent amount. Um, but sometimes I'll run instead of four ad sets, I'll run two different campaigns, one for Facebook, one for Instagram. This case for simplification, I just did one uh, campaign with four ad sets. So you want to go Facebook wide in one ad set, Facebook retargeting uh, all brand aware. And that's going to be video viewers, um, engagers, website visitors, purchasers, and when I say purchasers, I mean like Clavio integration purchasers, Shopify integration purchasers, pixel purchasers, and your, your customer list upload purchasers. And then you do the same for Instagram. One wide ad set, uh, one brand aware. I, I put 30 to 50 ads in each ad set, 50 is the max. Um, super small budgets work fine here. Um, some of the benefits of this campaign, worms of the page, increases the page quality engagement score, lowers your CPMs on conversion-based ads, it helps you identify your best performing content. If you come into a new client or a new brand, you're like, I don't even know what to run. Like just throw it all in a campaign and the, the cream's going to rise to the top and, and give you ideas on conversion, ad creative development, um, build social proof. So um, it builds iOS 14 immune retargeting audiences. Uh, so when you do retarget, you do have a really sizable audience. It's not depleted. Um, and it makes sure your organic content gets seen by brand aware and cold traffic alike. Your organic reach is maybe two to four percent of page page fans these days, probably closer to one, if that. And um, if you have a client, if you're an agency or a consultant, boutique agency, whatever, it shows immediate progress results. If you're kind of dialing in conversion campaigns, you can say, "Hey, look, I've increased your followers by this. These posts are getting um, just because people like to see results and gives them the impression something's being done." Yep. Um, pro tip: identify the best performing posts. Pause the rest, keep adding more um, posts as they keep going up on the page. Uh, that way your best, lowest cost per engagement, uh, top three to five ads are, are running. Um, and then also watch your gender retargeting. If I run swimwear brands and yoga pants brands and things like that. And if you're targeting men too, you're going to get a lot of construction type whistlers like, hey, you're hot, da 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 You can maybe do that in the beginning for social proof, but cut that off so you're hitting, only hitting your avatar. You'd be surprised on that too, because we run a lot of women-centric brands, like what you're saying, and we there's a lot of men that do purchase for 
you'd actually be surprised when you don't exclude men. A lot of times we'll actually see a lot of just as good success or better success. If that makes sense. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, let, let the data speak. Um, as far as the engagement campaigns, it, it kind of gets overwhelming. And it, I, I'm a, sometimes afraid, afraid that, I mean, one is brand perception. Two is I don't want to be like um, loading data into the ad account that's not the actual engager that we want or the actual purchase we want. So, yeah, good point. Yeah, let the data really tell, tell the story. Um, again, video views campaign. You select video views instead of uh, um, post engagement. On video views, I only run two ad sets. I do wide all placements, um, male, female, 18 plus, or age, gender, location. And then I do one retargeting all brand aware. I do a dynamic dynamic creative that's fully filled out, all 10 videos, five headlines, five texts. Again, smaller budgets work fine. Has the same benefit as engagement ads, warms up the page. It also helps you identify best performing videos, headlines, and copy to develop. Gives you some indicators what might work on conversion-based ads. Dramatically increases brand awareness at a discount. I typically see two cents per through play, a 15 second video view. Quickly builds iOS immune retargeting audiences. Educates viewers at a discount. I'm actually even seeing full, close to full length, 95% video views on a 60 to 90 second video at one to $2. Um, those can be retargeted. If you're working for a client, again, it shows immediate progress. Um, one pro tip that's super important, um, really pay attention to this, or you're wasting your video views dollars, only select Facebook and Instagram placements as audience network will, will hijack your budget, and burn it for, for no good reason and, um, not put those people on the audiences. Um, so let's see how we do it on time, Justin. Uh, we got as long as we need. I mean, if you have to okay. keep it an hour, but we're good for okay. it. I'll try to keep it to an hour, but I just want to try to get through everything <clears throat> people can. If I'm moving too fast, then come back, uh, watch it again. Um, so dynamic creative is number three is, is we're kind of moving towards the goal of getting into scalable ads. We start to dip into conversion campaigns here. Um, want to make sure and toggle on dynamic creative at the ad set level. In, in this campaign, I have two ad sets. In ABO, one is wide open placements, male, female, 18 plus. One is retargeting brand aware. Um, I fully fill out the dynamic creative again here. Like... 10 videos, five headlines, five texts, three to five uh, called action buttons. You'll hear some gurus say three, two, two, like three creatives, two headlines, two copy. I, I fill it out. Um, let's see, minimum $150 a day on your cold traffic ad set. It's a good starting point. 250, 300, 500 usually work as well. Just depends on your budget and goals. Um, you want to use some validation from your path conversion ads. Uh, from your PPP and video views campaigns to decide what uses your your creative and copy. Um, make sure to include some AI written copy, some competitor similar copy, testimonial long form and benefits copy, and then uh, use a combination of creatives including UGC, testimonial product and brand style videos and images. Benefits, it's going to help you identify winning combinations of copy headline creative for use in later post ID uh, and dynamic product ad campaigns. Uh, this is an instance where I will sometimes still use lookalikes. Like um, if we have a lot of buyer data, I'll, I'll use a one CBO times three with one, two, and three, just to, to give the uh, pixel or ad account some, some season. Um, it may take a few iterations. You may have to do the one, two, or three times to really find some true winners to pull into post IDs. 
Um, don't be afraid to use multiple CTA buttons in, in these dynamic creatives. You'd be shocked at how play game and watch more sometimes outconvert shop now or learn more. Like it's crazy. I don't know why it is, but um, they do often win. Um, and then a pro tip here, make sure you give this campaign at least eight to 10 days before making any decisions at all. We have fully filled out deep dynamic creative campaign has about 60, 600 different possible ad combinations just on what you're providing. Facebook now with its expanded creative and copy is gonna add more to that. So give it time. Um, and then you can leave that campaign running indefinitely um, if it's profitable, uh, buying profitable uh, lifetime customer journeys. Um, so post IDs. Um, if you don't know what a post ID is, it's just a single image or video headline and copy. Um, again, two ads that's minimum, wide and retargeting all brand aware. Um, ads are the top three to five post ID combinations from dynamic creative campaigns. Uh, make sure and compare how cold and warm traffic performed. Probably stick more with the, how the cold performed when you're on the dynamic creative. Some of the benefits. Um, it'll get you on your path to identifying what I call super ads, ads that I mentioned run three to five years, um, load immense amounts of social proof. I've got a baby brand where we've got, um, shoot, like six, seven, 8,000 shares, uh, tens of thousands of comments, hundreds of thousands of reactions. Um, that's important when new people see that ad for social proof. It'll keep compounding, so make sure and duplicate those post IDs into new ad sets. Um, the better it gets, the better it gets. Um, you'll need to start testing uh, different budgets on ad sets if you want to scale these. Like, um, not always $500 a day is going to work starting out on a wide open ad set. So, but the goal is to get wide. And then the pro tip here um, if certain post IDs in the PPE campaign perform exceptionally well, just use them right here, pull them in, add a shop now button to them, and keep them going and see if they convert like they do in a uh, posted page engagement campaign. Um, if you need some more social proof, pull that post ID, conversion post ID back into a PPE and maybe retarget hot buyers to get some good comments and load it with social proof. And then the last campaign I, I, I moved to is dynamic product ads. Um, these are the cream of the crop right now for me across multiple brands. Again, wide open in one ad set and then retargeting all brand where in another uh, make sure um, to use your product catalog connected to your shops and a product set, all products. Uh, you can, if you're advanced, you can get further into that. But what I do here to test is, is I will create four to seven text versions within one wide open ad set um, and then find a winner for later use. Um, product name is headline, product description is your description, product description, and um, shop now is a CTA. Benefits. It's going to get you insanely uh, inexpensive CPMs on cold traffic. I'm seeing as low as $3 right now on cold traffic, US-based traffic. Haven't seen that from since like when I first started in 2010 or 11. Um, they're ultra scalable. Um, they get the products, uh, the right products for the right people, and they respond well to 20, 10 to 27% daily budget increases. They also start well at higher budgets. Automatically pull products with inventory and stock from Shopify. Now your pro tip here is to make sure your Facebook and Instagram shops are optimized and congruent with your website. Um, also, these ads will help identify your top selling products, which can then be developed in post ID ads. Um, and make sure and keep your best sellers in stock or your performance will decline. All right, those are the five different campaigns I run. 
Any any questions, comments, input, divine revelations? The only thing I know that came up when you're talking about post IDs, and honestly, I don't even do this anymore because I'm not the one building the ads as much as what I used to. So I personally don't even know how to how to do this. But with the dynamic, uh, one of our members was struggling with. She basically gave up on it, but I think she figured it out. But with the dynamic post IDs, when you're running these dynamic ad sets. There's a way, I guess, to go in and get like a specific string or something of the URL for that certain ID of that dynamic and then take that and put it across to just a static ad, I think. Yeah, I don't really mess with that. I I, I think there could be a way to do that. I just manually look at the data and sometimes you win by dynamic creative breakdown. You can see what actually won. Um, so it's a little bit more intuitive. And then if you preview that dynamic creative, it'll the preview tip Facebook will show is typically the best performing combination as yeah, Facebook sees it. Apparently there's a way to get that post ID. I know Alex knows and Phoenix probably knows and she could explain it to us, but there's a way yeah. to probably everybody knows about me because I'm stupid at some stuff, but you, apparently you can get that specific string for that, that one ad and then carry over the social proof, I think into a regular ad yeah i kind of i vaguely remember seeing some content on that too so yeah if you if you can do that all, all the better as well because mm -hmm. social social proof is great um best way to scale ecom ads right now um wide open again um use your uh website plus shops option yep. facebook's actually starting to default to it um there's kind of three different levels right now um you want to test different starting budgets. I usually test like a 2,500, 250, 500, 1,000 um, just to see what the, kind of the max threshold to start at is where Facebook will dial in right away. Um, if you are if you have uh, high starting budgets work, you can scale those vertically. If they don't, you're going to need to duplicate it across multiple wide audiences, which you should be finding on overlap with wide audiences. And then unfortunately, Facebook's best practice Increases are working the best right now. Uh, I see 10 to 20% every one to two days work well to reduce your time spent. Go set an automated rule to do that on profitable uh, assets. Um, you want to test DPA versus DC versus dynamic creative versus post ID campaigns to see what scales best in your ad account. Um, and then scaling horizontally, if you start getting up there towards 500, 1,000, one ad set doesn't work, scale back the same way, 15 to 20% every one to two days. Um, that's working fine. And then another structure I've I've been using uh, is working really well now, actually on a shop ads credit I'm running. I'm running I've run quite a few $25,000 shop ad credits and many $10,000 ad credits Facebook gave out. Um, but <clears throat> if you've got a lot of existing super ad post ID winners, um, do three ad sets. They're all going to be wide open, broad targeting. Um, each ad set has four to six unique post IDs. Um, for a campaign total of 12 to 18, it's like a three-headed monster, like Medusa, and um, can find, there's no fatigue, let it dial in, scale with the same increases above. You can actually start this pretty high, especially if you got a lot of social proof. Yep. And then you can also test this with bid cap, cost cap. I prefer auto bid right now to everything. It's worked the best for me since I was 14. But um, if you want to set a $10,000 day budget, like five times your budget, kind of like Tim's um, uh, sneak attack, you can do that, but uh, set a set a, a bid cap and a cost cap, uh, whatever cost per result, whatever they call it now, um, a little bit below your target CPA or break even CPA, and see yep. if it works. Yep. 
Yep. And then as always, surfing still works if you've got enough spend um, and enough sales happening. Um, and I won't go into that. If you want to buy one of Tim's masterminds, I think they're in the vault now actually for free. Surfing uh, is. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. They should all be in there. Yeah. So check that out. Um, so number one takeaways for today, run website plus shops ads wide open, especially DPA, no exclusions on, on, uh, those ads and just let the machine learning do its work test the different starting budgets see where the maximum ads ad set budget is um to scale lift budget 10 to 20 percent every day or two set an automated rule only hone these campaigns by tightening your platform replacement like instagram or facebook um uh, and then your conversion device say ios and then age if you're noticing purchases coming in like 18 to 34 35, dial down to that, Steve, see how it does. Mm -hmm. um, look less daily at ROAS and more at LTV and second purchase rate. Um, see Facebook as the driver as an omni-platform approach. And don't work so damn hard. Like quit trying to chase CPAs, quit duplicating things over and over and over. Just let one or two ad sets and machine learning AI work for you. Reduce your retargeting and testing and build a profitable business and enjoy your life. A few other quick tips. Auto bid working best. I said that. Things are taking much longer to optimize. Give the algorithm room to breathe and learn. Look at results over longer windows, seven days minimum, 30 days better. Uh, be ready for Apple's expanded app form, platform to come out. Be a first mover there. Um, anytime a new platform comes out or expanded platform comes out, adoption rate is low and auctions aren't saturated. There's there's potential for huge results. Um, I know you you know a thing about, too about Spark ads, Justin. Test Spark ads, like expand outside of Facebook a little bit and... Um, see what it does compared to Facebook. Look at what TikTok is your, from an MER. What is your experience with TikTok when you compare it to CPAs of Facebook? Not not as good typically. Yeah, not okay. as good. But it's it's even more so about the creative than Facebook. So if you don't have good creative, like you're probably not going to do be able to do anything on Facebook. Right. Facebook's still the king to me. Yep. Um, but TikTok can actually be a good indicator of what's going to work on Facebook. You pull it over to Facebook and it works really well, sometimes in feeds, oftentimes in stories, reels. Um, so when the goal is to bring in profitable lifetime journeys, like maybe TikTok does that as well or close to well with Facebook and get, yeah. get everything you can get because TikTok maintains that 40% of people on TikTok can actually be reached on Facebook. Um, so in the, then leverage your social organic video across TikTok, YouTube shorts, Facebook, Instagram feeds, reels, and stories like, have a VA put that up on all your platforms, review the data, and then curate the content specific to the platform. But one video can be used on all those platforms. I mean, isn't Instagram and Facebook's user base way bigger than TikTok's? Yes. So how do they even come up with that metric? <clears throat> I don't know. I, I guess they're saying that there's people on TikTok that no longer participate in Facebook and Instagram. I, I don't even know how they would be able to even validate that information. That's yeah. throwing shit at the wall, but... <clears throat> Yeah. Um, another interesting stat that uh, did, have you ever heard a number from Facebook on actually how many people opted out of um, ad tracking? Uh, I want to say it was like 90%. Yeah. I, I had last I heard Facebook had said um, they're not going to share that data, but then I was on with that. Uh, the owner of that platform, I told you about optimize X that's supposedly the fixed iOS 14. I'm testing and starting to see some pretty good results actually. He said the number was 81% opt-outs. Yeah, I've uh, heard that run 80 to 90. I would, yeah. I would have thought around the 90 mark, but yeah, that sounds about yep. right. Yep, yep, yep. 
<clears throat> so I also, for those of you that want to stay um, profitable and successful, get into AI. I've been doing a lot. I'm learning prompt engineering. Um, I can write blog posts on your website for you really easily. It's it's the future. It's the present. Um, if you don't learn this, you're gonna you're gonna miss it and you're gonna be replaced. Like it, there. I think at some point, um, it's already through machine learning, but you're gonna be able to push a button, incorporate all the data ever on every ad platform, and it's gonna create the best performing video or ad for you, best performing copy. Um, I haven't been able to. I know Alex in the group uh, did a test on this, and he wasn't AI wasn't able to beat him and his copywriters yet. Yeah. I actually have a winner, like in a yoga brand that I took AI, what AI told me, I incorporated my own thoughts and it's actually the winner. So uh, really interesting um, what it can do, but uh, don't get left out. Multivariate testing to improve your conversion rate is always a must. Like that's Tim's secret weapon. Like he says, he can always increase um, conversion rates by 30 to 50% by bringing in multivariate testing. Uh, VWO, Google Optimize is going away. So I recommend VWO, revenue optimization, AOL, uh, AOV, LTV. And then, yeah, I think revenue optimization is maybe the most important thing you can do. We'll never be able to control Facebook or any platform, but we can control what happens with the traffic when it gets to us. So um, increase your conversion rate, your AOV, your LTV. Um, you can dig more into that. Um, and I just want to end with a few ways to increase your AOV that... Um, increase your shipping one to three dollars. The one dollar increase on shipping can have a drastic effect, especially at the lower price products. You may have to lower your your threshold if you have a threshold on free shipping. Say it's fifty, you may need to bring that back down closer to your actual AOVs. Bundles and upsells, obviously, um, the best way that I'm seeing on brands right now is to offer a free gift that relates to your product at a threshold. So, uh, one jewelry brand I'm running right now is a free heart shaped jewelry box in February for jewelry orders over fifty. It's increased AOV versus January in the same period by 16%. Um, we also and have lot, oh, sorry, I was going to say on the bundles and upsells, watch Marty's videos on um, that we've been doing the last six, seven weeks. We've done quite a few of them. That's basically what that is all on. Nice. So. Absolutely. Yeah, he's a super sharp dude. Um, Ugly. And then a, a ninja way to do it is to offer an upsell on the order confirmation email. That email is going to get like a 90 to 90% open rate, like add something to that, like while they're still in that dopamine endorphin state and um, make it irresistible. Yep. Looking forward, a um, few points, you're going to see increasing intelligence of the algorithm and the machine learning and the integration of artificial intelligence more and more. Uh, virtual reality and integration of the metaverse, at least the attempt to, um, and then you'll continue to see government attempts at regulation. Yeah. Um, and then just closing out a few book suggestions that were huge um, game changers for me. One is cash advertising. One is uh, influence the, the psychology of persuasion by, by Cialdini and um, get the life you want by Richard Bandler and the uh, co-founders of NLP. Um, yeah, that's all I got for you today, guys. And anyone, uh, thanks for your time and energy and watching. Thank you, Justin. And then uh, yeah. if you're not connected, feel free to connect with me on Facebook. Shoot me a message if you have a question. I'm a community guide here in uh, AdLeaks Platinum. So um, happy to support you and your success any any way I possibly can. Yeah, man, I appreciate the time. Thank you for putting this together. I know it must have took some time. So um, yeah. what's um, you want? Messenger is the best way to get you? 
not email. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I kind of suck at email. I get so many emails that I have a hard time keeping it like, like probably you do. Yeah. All right. Well, man, I appreciate it. Uh, if you have any questions, you know where to find them. And I look forward to seeing you in some more of these small group calls. Absolutely, man. Thanks for all Thank you, you do, Justin. Yeah. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. All right. Yeah. Later. Bye. Later.